We're going to look at today the characteristics of what does the Bible say about darkness? What does the Bible say about darkness? Okay, so 1 John 1, 5-6 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Okay? Uh, So John, in both his gospel and in his epistles, he has a lot to say about light and darkness. A lot to say about light and darkness. So on your study guide, uh, where light is often associated with truth, is your blank, And those who walk in accordance to truth, so truth and walk, darkness is often associated with lies, and all who peddle in lies or walk contrary to the light of God. So truth, walk, lies, and contrary are your blanks. Also on your study guide, according to the Bible, there is more to this darkness than simply the physical absence of light. You know, like when you sit in a room with no windows and you turn the light off, you know, there's that physical absence of light. I I know I've told you this story. One time I went with a friend of mine and we went to those storage caves up there, I think, off of uh, Winter Road. And uh, he said, you want to... You want to see something spooky? And like an idiot, I said, yeah, sure, why not? And so he stops the delivery van he was in. He turns the engine off. He hits the headlights and absolute, total darkness. I mean, I have never experienced darkness. Like you could almost feel the darkness press in on you. It was, it was that, it was that much. It was that, it was, it was that dark. And it was an enveloping darkness. Absolutely no light whatsoever. None whatsoever. Uh, and the, the darkness that the Bible teaches us about is more than just the physical absence of light. This is a, this is a deeper, deeper darkness. A deeper darkness. Uh, this is a darkness that is, and with all due respect, this is a darkness that even those who are physically blind do not experience. It, it is a overwhelming, encroaching, enveloping darkness. And this spiritual darkness that the Bible talks about has many aspects to it. There's many things about this darkness that uh, are truly spooky. And they're frightening. It's frightening uh, about this darkness. Uh, John 1.5 says, And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So I want to talk about the characteristics of darkness. So on your study guide... This darkness that John writes about has the capability of comprehension. This darkness that John writes about in his gospel has the capability of comprehension. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So it has has the ability of comprehension. So on your study guide, it has the ability to understand and grasp Abstract concepts. Abstract concepts. 
It can develop ideas and notions. It can put together a plan and set in motion schemes. That's your last blank. Set in motion schemes. Diane, do you have any other study guides available? Pam, do you want a study guide? Since you're late, it's going to cost $5. Put it on that tab. Put it on the tab. Okay. Oh, that's $10. That's $10. So this darkness has the capability of comprehension. It, 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 it grasps abstract concepts. It can set in motion schemes. In other words, there's an intelligence behind this darkness. Also on your study guide, it is a darkness that envelops the mind, permeates the heart and soul of people. It envelops the mind, just like my illustration here. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So on your study guide, because of what we see here in First Peter, this darkness has a place or state of being or existence. You cannot be called out of something that has no substance or condition or place. So it's more than just the physical absence of darkness. There is a reality to this darkness that is tangible. It can be perceived, it can be sensed, it can be experienced in such a way that at times this darkness can be more real to you than the material world around you. Thank you for filling her in. <laughs> Colossians 1.13 Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So on your study guide, this darkness has power. And that word power means authority. It has authority. The blank is a jurisdiction. A jurisdiction. There is an apparent system of governance about this darkness. If you think that the wickedness you see in government and education and other institutions of our society is is not being controlled by an unseen, malevolent evil, then you've got another thing coming. I'm not going to turn there, but in Daniel chapter 10, if you've never read Daniel chapter 10, check it out. Daniel chapter 10, God kind of pulls back the curtain of what's really going on around us. And there is a, there is a spiritual warfare between the forces of God and the forces of darkness going on all the time. In fact, if we were to give a, be given a glimpse of that warfare going on right now around us, 
we would be absolutely terrified. Absolutely terrified. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, we're not talking about our president or any particular political party here, folks. We're talking about the power behind the thrones, the earthly thrones. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. If you don't think that's a reality, then you're naive. You're naive. You know, men wrestle with other men who have flesh and blood. But Paul is telling us that there's a greater wrestling match going on. There's a greater wrestling match going on that we are involved in. There's someone behind all of these ideas and concepts All of these things that that are being pushed onto the society, there's something going on here that's more than just corrupt men and with wacky ideas. There is a definite agenda being pushed. And it's this darkness, it's this entity, it's this personality that's behind all of this. This darkness has a force, it has an energy, it has a way to exert itself and show strength over the minds and hearts of men. Ephesians 5.11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We need to stand against this darkness. We need to reprove this darkness. But what is scary is that we as believers, if we fail to be discerning, if we neglect the Word of God, if we listen to unsound teaching, if we fail to watch and pray, if we let our guard down or give in to temptation to sin, we can find ourselves in fellowship with this very darkness. And here's the, here's the scary thing about it, and not even be aware of it. That's how subtle it is. That's how subtle it is. It can present to you a teaching that sounds spiritual, but it is not biblical. It's very subtle. This darkness has an administration with rulers and principalities that has influence over the regions and areas of our society that is under its control and produces works that has an effect on people. Now come on. I'm going to come right out and be frank. In many people's minds, killing unborn children in the womb is the right thing to do. And they will protest to defend that right. That's darkness, folks. That's darkness. On your study guide, this darkness works and produces fruit 
This, this darkness works and produces fruit. Did you want one? That's all right. Too late. I'm sorry. Sometimes I'm just too snarky for my own good. I'll give it back. Don't worry. (laughs) So this darkness works and produces fruit. This fruit, as proven in the garden, results in sin and death. Right? Results in sin and death. That's, That's why it's referred to as unfruitful. The fruit of darkness is unbeneficial. It's unwholesome. It always ends in something perishing, folks. It always ends in something perishing. It's rotten fruit. Proverbs 10.28 says, The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. So everything that we see that's going on and we wring our hands over, and we one of these days that stuff's going to perish. But in the meantime, in the meantime, I'll say this too, you know, many believers... Because of the darkness, because of its influence, because of its subtlety, many believers mistakenly believe that what they are devoting their life to is pleasing to God. And even in God's will. And many discover too late that it's not. That it's not. John 16.2 says, They shall put you out of the synagogue, yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. You know what you're going to discover? If you stand for Jesus Christ and you stand for God's word as the absolute truth in all matters of faith and life, you know who your biggest critics and your biggest opponents are going to be? Other believers. Other religious people. Those will be your biggest opponents. The Apostle Paul believed he was doing the will of God when he was persecuting Christians, when he was hauling them off to jail. He approved of the stoning of Stephen, and all the while he thought he was doing God's will. Others, due to their love for the world, will come to believe that They've been working towards gold, silver, and precious stones in their local church, only to find out in the end it's been nothing but uh, wood, hay, and stubble. Apostle Paul gives testimony about his calling into being an apostle to the Gentiles, and he says this in Acts 26.18. This is the Lord Jesus Christ talking to Paul. This is what Jesus said was Paul's ministry. He says, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. That's what we tried to do yesterday. Is to call people out of darkness into the light of Jesus Christ. Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. 
that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That's what Jesus said to Paul. That's what Jesus says to all of us. So we see here what John is writing to. He's he's writing to the we, to the believers. And he's saying this is what we should devote our lives to, to turn folks from darkness onto the light of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so vital for us to be walking in the light as he is in the light. How can you lead someone into the light if you yourself are not in that light? We've got teachers who tell God's people to pursue the riches of this world and have your best life now. No. No. There are many teachers out there who are beguiling folks in in churches and preaching another gospel. Preaching another gospel. Something else we learn here in Acts 26.18, and we also see here that this darkness is identified with a person. And who is that person? Satan. Satan. He's the power and the evil intelligence behind this darkness. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verses 1 through 4. I think I, I don't think I have that. I might have the address, but I don't think I have the passage. It says here, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, like some of the t- more popular teachers today are doing. But by manifestation of the truth, shining that light, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine onto them. We are light bearers. Where are they? 2 Corinthians 4, 1 through 4. So on your study guide. This darkness is an entity that has power and strength and is evil and malicious and seeks to blind the minds of men from that true light that God is. It is more than just physical darkness. More than just intellectual darkness. It is a spiritual entity that is opposed to God who is light. Second Corinthians 2.11 says, Least Satan should get an advantage for us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And yet many of God's people are just this. They are ignorant of this entity at work. They're ignorant of his devices. 
And they ignore this entity altogether. And they're not wise in their understanding as far as this entity and what he's all about and how he operates. In fact, I know of some believers who honestly believe that they are immune to the subtlety of this enemy. And when you find yourself in that place, guess what? You're right there. You're right there. You get it. Yep. So this is why I'm taking such a long time in this study on God is light, because it's important for us. It's essential for us to understand this in regards to our fellowship with God. If we do not understand this teaching of light versus darkness, that will affect your fellowship with the Father. Yes, sir? Spiritual entity. Intellectual darkness, spiritual entity. See, the aim is for us to know God. But it would be foolish for us not to know something about our common enemy. And unfortunately, there's a lot of goofiness out there. So, let me see if I can get through this. So the, the, the Bible refers to four types of spiritual darkness. So I've got to stop preaching and start teaching. Number one, it's a natural darkness. Natural darkness. Ephesians 4.17-18 through 18 says this, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that he henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance as it is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. There's a lot here that we can unpack in these passages. But I want you to see that this, this, this is a natural darkness. This is this is the this is this is what the the state of fallen man is. This is this is the natural man. For the natural man inspiration comes from within themselves. And revelation results from man's intellectual abilities. Man is his own light and it is this light that guides him. The natural man is the man who operates from his own unenlightened reason about spiritual matters. He's spiritually blind. In spite of what the materialistic atheists tout, man is a spiritual being by nature. Right? Body, soul, spirit. The Bible puts it spirit, soul, and body. So on your study guide... There is much spirituality in the world, but this spirituality is absence of the true light that only God is. And it is due to the absence of the true light that keeps fallen man in this state of natural darkness. So spirituality, absence, and state are your three words. So due to the vanity of their minds, vanity is the absence of that which is true and eternal, therefore having no spiritual value. So being due to the vanity of their minds, this spiritual darkness 
causes them to be ignorant of the true light, the source of eternal life, which is Jesus Christ. So on your study guide, according to the passage in Ephesians, without this light, which is Jesus Christ, the natural man is alienated from the life of God. Now, why is he alienated? Is it because he's been predestined by God to be alienated? That's not what the passage says. The passage says that the man is alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Through the ignorance that is in them. Alienated means to be shut out from one's fellowship and intimacy. The lost are alienated from the blessings of salvation in Christ Jesus. Not because they're predestined so, but because they're ignorant. They don't know. They choose another knowledge, another light. Ephesians 2.11-13 through 13, But wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh might by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being alien, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh, by the blood of Christ. With the knowledge of Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are out of the darkness and now in the light. 1 John 5.12 says, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That's not a pop, it's, this is not popular with the vast majority of religious thinking. Both Christian and non-Christian. This is too exclusive. Too narrow. It doesn't respect the other people's views in regards to faith. But that's not my words. (laughs) This is God's word. Take it up with Him. Take it up with Him. On your study guide... The root word of darkness in the Greek is the word skia. This word describes a shade or shadow caused by the, here's your word, interception of light. There's something blocking the source of light to illuminate these darkened minds. And we know who that something is. This something, this shadow, this interceptor of light offers an inferior light to men. An inferior light to men. And men prefer this inferior light to the true light. Men love darkness rather than light. That's what your Antichrist give you. 
That's what your false teachers give you. That's what your false prophets give you. They give you a false light, perverted truths, twisted scriptures, misapplied misapplied scripture taken out of context to give you another gospel. Galatians 1.6 says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have, we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. So all of these preachers out there preaching another gospel, they're accursed. Again, that's not my words. That's the judgment of God's word. They preach another gospel and they even preach another Jesus. I'll give you an, I'll give you a really obvious example. One of the prominent religious denominations in our own area is the uh, Church of the Latter-day Saints. Okay, there's a couple of real big buildings, cathedrals, whatever you want to call them. And let me tell you, remember what I said, how you can tell if you're dealing with a cult or something? What is their view? What is their teaching on Jesus, right? Okay, here's... Mormons believe that Jesus Christ was the firstborn spirit child of the Heavenly Father and a Heavenly Mother. You see that teaching in a lot of religions. A Father God and a Mother God. Uh, Jesus then progressed to deity in the spirit world. He was then later physically conceived in Mary's womb as the literal only begotten Son of God, the Father in the flesh. Now this is nothing short of that old Gnostic belief of aeons and demigods and such. That's all it is. It's just refried beans. And this is the unfruitful works of a darkened mind, the natural mind of a man named Joseph Smith who had ulterior motives and not direct revelation from God. And yet an entire religion is based upon this man's lies. And they will defend these lies. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now, a lot of what they say may be spiritual, and yeah, they have a lot of good works, but it's not biblical. It's not biblical. They preach from the vanity of their minds, ignorant of the truth, having a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about establishing their own righteousness, and due to the blindness of the heart, what is most tragic is the countless millions who fall under this shadow of their teaching and are and are lost they're lost 
Again, we have to know what these false teachers teach. But we don't have to believe it. We don't need to adhere to it. On your study guide, it is this natural darkness that permeates the world of men with its many religions and ways to a God of their own creation, their own reason, their own image. Romans one twenty one through 23 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. They had rejected the true light. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Because in their minds, they have relegated God down to their level of understanding. Creating God in their own image, that gives them the justification to find fault with God. And they will, and they do. And they will, that will also give them just reason to deny Him any kind of allegiance, to deny Him of any authority over their life. Why is that? Because in their minds, they have relegated God down to their level. If they were truly honest, they would say God is nothing more than their peer. And that's really where it goes. If you take it to its logical conclusion, that's exactly where it goes. God is nothing more than their peer. To the natural man, there are many ways to God. According to each man's light that he has within himself. And it's wrong for us to question any man's light. You're disrespecting that man's light. You're not respecting that man's light. You have your light and I have my light, right? You worship God your way and I worship God my way. But what is the Bible's way? What about the Bible? There's a teaching, even in Christian denominations, there's a teaching out there that says... Each man has an inner light that leads them to God. I can't remember the preacher that Diane showed me that she found on Facebook. But this preacher was preaching to his congregation and the place was packed with young people. And he said, um, he says, Jesus doesn't need to change you. You already have that in you. You already have that change in you. Just let it out. And this is a Christian preacher. Really? Uh, 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 wait a minute, what does the Bible say? No, no, no. No, we don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. 
Each man has an inner light that leads them to God or an awareness of God or some form of spiritual truth. And it is with this light that leads men to a mystical experience that should result in a person's good works towards others. Hmm. Remember, there's two Gospels, right? You've got the Gospel of good works, and then you've got the Gospel of grace. The world is awash in this artificial, natural light that is not the true light, but rather darkness. Spiritual darkness that is the damnation of countless souls who adhere to this light. John eight twelve says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus Christ is the only true light for a world in darkness. There is no other light. It is only in His light that we have light. It is only in His light that we can navigate our way through this world that loves darkness and is opposed to God's light. John 14.6 says, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There are not many paths of light to God. There's only one path of light, and that is Jesus Christ. If men fail to come to Christ, who is the light of the world, they will never know the Father. That's not my words, folks. I'm not twisting anything out of context. That's what God says. That's what God says. Psalms 119, 105 says, The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If man rejects the only true light made available by God himself, what is left to that man? Darkness. He may call it light, but it's darkness. He may identify with it as light. That's big today, but it's darkness. Proverbs 4.18 says, But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Verse 19, The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. There is no hope for those who choose another light other than God's light. Only more darkness. Matthew 6.22 says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness... Did you hear that? If the light that be in thee be darkness... So that tells me there's another light to the true light, a counterfeit light. How great is that darkness? How great is that darkness? And from this natural darkness, we we arrive at the next aspect. It's progressive, and we'll go to that when we meet next week. But there is a darkness out there. There is a darkness out there. And you cannot... Don't... Don't be duped and don't ignore it. But praise God, especially on this day, praise God that we do know the light that Jesus Christ is. And He's no longer in that grave. No longer in that grave. 
And folks, since we do know who the light is, we must share that light with others. We have to. That's our only hope. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, for the truth of your word that will reveal to us